Okay, so just to start us off, um, could you just tell me your full name and just the year you were born, please, and where yeah. you grew up? Right, it's Isabel McHugh. Uh, uh, date of birth is 1944. Uh, and I grew up uh, just outside the Gorbals, it was cold, and I can remember right at this minute, it's just been <laughs> outside. Uh, Hutchinson Town, I think it was called, something like that. Uh, and I was there till I was 21. And can you also tell me what your professional or working background is, please? Working background, we had the post office uh, and shop. Yeah. And what was your first role that encompassed mental health and arts? The first time that uh, came to mind was a uh, really because my, my son, my oldest son, had become mentally ill and uh, he himself was uh, very creative uh, and uh, when he was in the hospital, what we found was that they were just medicated to such a point that they, they couldn't do anything. It was just medication. There was no, there was so many doors of opportunity opened and none of them was ever taken up. It was just medication, medication, medication. And well that 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 was the first when I thought why why are they wandering about in a psychiatric hospital, shuffling about, mumbling and it just it was so horrendous to watch. Now this would be ninety three or four uh, and I, I just thought that definitely isn't right. So that was my first thing I've ever been in a, a psychiatric ward. I have any knowledge of, you know, poor mental health or mental illness. Uh, so. And what what was the, the role you then took on? Did you um, work with the hospital specifically? Uh, no. No. Uh, uh, hospital, I don't think they were all that terribly keen to tell you the truth. <laughs> Keep shoving me out the road. Uh, uh, what we did was uh, we would just go in and sing, you know, some of the other family going in and would sing and join with a beautiful singer uh, and we would try and just talk to everybody. And within, well, a few, just short space of time, a couple of weeks or something, you go, people literally shuffling in to see what we were doing uh, and then gradually they started bringing me poems that they're just written in wee bits of paper and telling me their stories and things and I thought what they just instantly it seemed as if they just people just came to life and I thought this is what we should be doing rather than just medicate and sit there shut up don't annoy us we've got too much to do what is the telly or whatever uh, and there we go. Mm. And so how did that move on then? Did you uh, work closely with the group of people that were in the hospital with your son? Or? Uh, we didn't work closely. It was just when we were up visiting, we just communicated uh, with everybody. Uh, and that was, you know, just when we went in and out. It wasn't till, oh, maybe about, well, 98, uh, we thought we could we could do something here 
and invite people when they're coming out of the hospital, invite them to come in and, you know, have music classes or, or whatever. Uh, so that was the first book. We never really got started, although we did start up the, uh, the charity and got charity recognition and things, but we never really got anything done to sort of mid 2000, uh, just because everything was, my whole life was just, uh, uh, it was just so chaotic that they just couldn't get anything done. So, uh, why, you know, we're thinking about how can we do this and speaking to people, they, this, is what we, this is what we're planning to do. Uh, so. Okay. And then from the mid, uh, what was it you said, mid noughties um, there, what was it that the charity decided, what were the activities that the charity took on? Uh, well, what, what mostly we did then was theatre, was just sort of drama workshops, because that's what we kind of knew. So that was what we kind of specialised in, if you like. Uh, and we started actually having people in about halfway through 2000. Uh, because oh, that, yeah. Sorry, carry on. I interrupted but, you. Uh, so, what happened before that was was John. Of course, John had taken his own life. So we thought, how how did that happen? We had eight years of supposed to be getting support, and they, you know, we were just left. So we thought, right. But it took us a few months <laughs> to, to get ourselves together uh, and think, right, what can we do? So we just hired a wee hole in a, uh, a Sunday because that was a day that people thought was the worst time for them because there was nothing happening. They were just stranded on a Sunday. So I thought, right, Sunday it is. So we hired a hole uh, on the Sunday and we started off with five people. Uh, coming along, uh, and then it just built through there. And where was this hall? What's that? that? Where was the hall that you hired? Uh, we hired, and here you're going to, I'm just going to forget the name of it, <laughs> but it was just down in the south side of just facing Aikenhead Road. It was a wee council rebuilding. Uh, it's still there. Uh, so we'd hired that. We were in there for about a year and a half, I think. And uh, how did you fund hiring that hall? Well, <laughs> not with any funding from anybody. Uh, but I think it cost us £20 for the, 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 uh, the Sunday afternoon. Uh, so more or less, we just found a couple of pounds here and a couple of pounds there. We would, I would go in to maybe say the karaoke or the, the you know some of the pubs that had open mic nights and things uh, and we'd be singing and then people would come and ask what, what does he do? Are you a singer? And I would say no, I'm not a singer but this is what I'm doing and I would tell them what we're doing and uh, then we'd add the, the pub can I have a wee raffle uh, so the let's sell raffles would you know always manage to get 20 pound 
sometimes we get £30 and that meant we could put £10 and bring somebody in to do something. So we just built it up. We were doing that for about a year and a half before we actually got any funding. Mm. And, and so, sorry, am I right in thinking that what you were saying there is that you yourself would go out to the pubs and sing and then yes. and fund it, <laughs> right? Just clarifying. <laughs> And uh, you said we earlier. Uh, who else was it that was involved with you uh, creating the charity? Uh, well, my youngest son, uh, because we had both before before this, we had both been uh, drama. Uh, uh, well, I had gone back in my fifties to do higher drama, uh, and Q, who's now the chief, he's the chief executive at the moment of theatre anymore, uh, and. Uh, He'd already did, he was just finished his high up drama, he was going on to college. And then I thought, mm, I would love to do that. So the drama teacher says to me, why don't you come and do your higher drama? And I thought, oh, I couldn't do that. But anyway, I did it and it was great. Then I followed you on to college. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we were already doing all that kind of thing, just for ourselves, sort of thing. Uh, and that was when I seen the difference it made in young people to be coming in, even in the higher drama, for young people coming into that drama class, that you'd seen the kind of without very much confidence and how they blossomed was like, wow, every, every single child should get this. It's amazing, you know. I can actually feel quite... <laughs> I but I think, I think that you know, kids should get all that opportunity before mm. they get to the stage where they don't have confidence, they're put down, their creativity is crushed, literally crushed. Uh, so that's amazing. Um, and sorry, so uh, so it was just Hugh and yourself to begin with. Uh, yes, and then well, there was quite a few. We did a few. Uh, we fundraising activities as well once they get started and quite a lot of the, the students that we were at college with came along and did terms and things so we managed to get uh, a few pounds so that we could buy equipment and cameras and mics and stuff that we needed uh, so we had some really great support for some of the, some of the students as well. And then after that first year and a half that you were saying you were in the hall, and uh, where did you move on from there? We moved on to Mount Florida Parish Church, and they were wonderful. It's not there now. It's, you know, the church has moved out, other people have moved in. But we were there for a long, a long, long time. Uh, and that was where we did what Sunday. We've always done some of the workshops up to the last year. We don't do Sunday workshops now, but there you go. We did for 20 years, we did work Sunday workshops. And for those 20 years, obviously, bar the first year and a half, were the majority of those Sunday workshops still held in the Mount Florida Parish Church, or when was it that that closed? Yeah, they right up to, it must be five years ago now that it changed hands. So, I mean, in, in between times, of course, we had our own studio down at the break where we were in doing other things, but the Sunday drama workshops were always in 
they may have put it a parish church. And so when was it that you got your own your own studio? And sorry, you yeah. cut out just as you said where it was. Could you see where it was again? Yes, it's down at the Brigham. Brigham. Well, we've been there since I think 2000, maybe five, maybe four. No sure. One of the two. And uh, so to begin with, when you were in the, the South Side for the first year and a half, and then you moved to Mount Florida, um, how were you advertising to uh, bring people in to participate? Uh, let me think. Most of it, because we weren't really big, there wasn't a lot of stuff in Facebook and all these kind of things then. Most of it was done through other, you know, take, taking work performances and different things to other organisations and saying, this is what you can do, you know. Uh, and, and when people seen other people that they knew that had been really, uh, really depressed and really, you know, and lots of medications including doing, and when they seen them up on the stage singing and dancing and doing all that, bad, so, I could maybe do that as well. So it, it was more to help people feel good about themselves and be happy. Mm. Uh, and that's that's a big getting by that stage of people actually thinking, I like myself, mm. I can do this. And that that was the, the kind of more or less what, what we did. Then we worked. Oh, I'll not jump forward. I'll wait till you're going. <laughs> oh, no, you're quite all right. Carry on. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, by the time it got to 2004-2005, we were ready staff, we'd already been working then in the hospitals, in the psychiatric hospitals, uh, and then we started working in the prisons 2004, uh, and we worked in the prisons for mm, many years, maybe three or four uh, projects a year uh, that we did in the prison. It's just in the last um, maybe year, year and a half uh, that things have kind of changed uh, in there. Sorry. And so what um, hospitals where was it that you first um, did some workshops in? Uh, no, I think the first hospital I may not be writing this, but I'm going to say it was uh, the Southern General. Quite sure that it was. And was it usually hospitals in around Greater Glasgow, in the Glasgow yeah. area? Yeah, yeah. It was at Levendale and, uh, and, well, and then we did quite a few uh, projects in uh, the State Hospital in Carstairs as well. And what kind of um, projects did you do in the hospitals? Well, they were they were kind of different because you had to, the space was limited. In the Southern Jail, we were in at first, we had a brilliant big space. So they did uh, a lot of uh, uh, juggling and circus skills and just really fun things and uh, sort of drama games and such like. Uh, and then I started to do quite a lot 
of animation. God, that's brilliant. That's what we still do mostly in the hospitals. Is I had it cost built because you can do it in a smaller space and it takes in everything. You've got, you know, they've got to think of their story, then they've got to think, make their characters, then they've got to make their sets and paint it, then find a voice for the characters, then record it and fill in all their movements. So it's a big process and everybody gets something to do and it, the people just love it. Because see, once they've seen it and they see their whatever their characters are coming to life, brilliant. And so, the, is that a team kind of project that they all that uh, they work on together, or is it yes. separate? Yes, no, that's a, a team uh, project. There's plenty on YouTube. I can send I can send you some links. You have a oh, definitely, I would love to see them. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, when you were then working in the prisons, mm -hmm. what um, what prisons was it that you were working in? Was it again the Glasgow area? Mostly, yeah. It was mostly uh, Berlin. I think we did most of the projects in there. Uh, we did a few in uh, Edinburgh, and uh, let me think. And not kind of remember the names, but one's kind of further out, but mostly. They were just an old one here and there, mostly it was in Berlin. And what kind of projects were you able to do in the prisons? Was it similar to the hospital projects? Yeah, we did lots of different things. Mostly it was drama, uh, but we also had music projects and uh, animation projects as well. But the thing was drama, people, you know, telling stories and <laughs> and the um so the Sunday workshops and the workshops that you did in kind of some of the parish churches were they similar again? So it was uh, drama, music, and animation. Yes, yes. Right. Most, most of the animation was done in the studio because we had plenty of space in the studio to do that and uh, and guitar groups and uh, different things. Uh, the the church hall was brilliant for doing drama because it was, it was plenty of space to move about. Uh, it's a wee bit more difficult in the space that we've got just now, but it's not just quite as good as having the big space so that you could really move about. And the um, types of drama that you, you would do and, and put on, was there uh, people writing that? Were uh, some of the participants writing that, or was it things that had already been written? No, every, they all write their own, they all come up with their own ideas for the story. The only thing that we ever did, I think, it's the only thing that we ever did uh, from a script was Animal Farm in Berlin. Uh, and that was the only thing, but it's quite a good play because you can alter it to suit your situation, too. Oh. Uh, so that, to my knowledge, that was the only one that we ever did that came from a scrap. And uh, the participants that came to the workshops in the parish church and now in the studio, how was it that, um, where was it that they were mainly coming from? Were they outpatients from hospitals or was it word of mouth? Or We get a lot of referrals from the hospitals for people in day release and such like 
Uh, we got a lot of referrals from social work, uh, and then we got quite a lot of just self-referrals as well. And so now, is it easier to advertise the workshops and things? As you mentioned, obviously you didn't have social media prior. Do you use social media quite a lot for that? We do, we use social media a lot. Well, of course, during this lockdown, we've been doing everything on Zoom. Uh, not me, personally, <laughs> but all the different classes. So we've got the Monday as a guitar group and Tuesday is, I think, uh, ukulele group and drama, uh, Wednesdays, what was Wednesdays? Oh, Wednesdays, Japanese embroidery, uh, and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is visual arts, and Friday as well is drama. So there's quite a lot still all going on uh, in places. Wow. And so, when was it that there was more people on board um, kind of taking the classes and the projects and leading them? Uh, well, once we got funding, uh, which we did get from the lottery, I think maybe 2002, uh, we got some funding to that meant we could uh, do quite a lot of uh, bring in quite a few different people. So we had some great workshop leaders, really fantastic workshop leaders. Uh, we still do, but you know, then, because it was, it was quite new when we had started to do that kind of really uh, quite political, no political in that sense of different parties, but what's going on in the world? What's happening? Why are we in this situation? And get the people's views. So it was quite sort of different for, it was quite new at that time to be doing all this in hospitals and prisons and in the community and uh, taking taking production into school and different things like that. And that funding that you mentioned there, the, the lottery funding that you got in 2002, was that something that you had to all put your, put yourself forward for? Oh yeah, yeah, you've got your right, could be big. <laughs> Uh, big funding application, uh, which we've done so many now. <laughs> it's never any easier. <laughs> is that just continuing ongoing then? So is the ongoing? Yeah. Okay. Um, and have you found it that over time it's gotten easier to to get funding? I don't think it's any easier, no, I think you've always got to, you know, just because there's so many people now trying to get the funding and so many new organisations and obviously there's so much more needed now uh, with everything that's going on in the world, so uh, it is quite, quite difficult, but we've always managed to get by. And, uh, sorry, so some of the workshop leaders, did you have them on staff then and were able to pay that through the funding? Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they were like on, what do you call it? Uh, like if we, say we, we, we went to say we're going to do a, a three month project in Berlin, I mean, two people, so we'll get that. So they were hired for 
we're like self-employed, if you like, we throw them in as uh, but more or less the, 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 you know, they did stuff here, they did stuff there, and something. Everybody had their own speciality sort of thing. So whatever they specialised in, that was, uh, and whatever we were doing, that too was used. So, uh, yeah, some great stories. <laughs> Any that are jumping out to you? Uh, I'm frightened to tell stories because I get so emotional, I start greeting. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's fine. Don't feel like you need to. <laughs> and I'll try, and, and it's not even a sad story. I don't know why. But this was one of the very first times that we were, well, first or second time, uh, we were working in... Uh, What was the first hospital? I told you, see my brain just Southern, Southern General. Southern General, right. So they had to be brought, it was a beautiful big, big, big room uh, where uh, they had, you know, for sort of social things. So they had to bring people from the ward down. There was quite a, quite a wee distance to it. But uh, there was one girl and she, she was quite young, it's not 20s, I think, uh, and the first time she came, she literally opened the door, burst into tears, and they had to take her right back to the thing. But every time she came, she stayed a wee bit longer, but she never took part in anything. She just sat maybe for two minutes, then the next time maybe for three minutes, and really thought, that's, you know, she's, she's not getting anything out of this. So the... the uh, the, pro the project came to an end, uh, and it was about maybe three months later when Hugh and uh, Ricky were going in to do another project. When this girl, this is when I get upset, <laughs> this girl came running over with her mum saying, this is the people I was telling you. <laughs> oh. I don't know why that happened. No, this I feel as well. She says, you saved my life. Now, if we, they hadn't bumped into her, they would have thought, We've, we haven't done get any, any benefit here at all. But for her, just seeing that other people were doing all this stuff, she thought, someday I'm going to do that. And it's as simple as that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. They think how, and so many times we think we've, we've you know, we're, we're not getting anywhere here until somebody, about, could be two years later, you suddenly get a letter to say, this is what I'm doing now, thank you very much for your help. And you thought, I've, I've not managed to help them. But it has because it put them, their mind to the mindset to think, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do that. It might take them two years to actually get to that point, but, you, you know, it's there in their brain that, in fact, I can do this. And it's, I love it when people tell me, I mean, they tell me, I think, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That's so amazing that that girl had such an amazing reaction. Uh -huh. Gorgeous. That's a nice story to have for you as well. Yeah, I mean, there's hundreds of things, but as I say, 
sometimes we have events and maybe folk maybe ask me a question. I'm okay when I'm dancing and singing, I'm fine. Don't ask me to tell you anything sad. <laughs> uh, it's a happy sad, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, but there, there's an, another story about a guy in the prison and I, I just, I'm going to actually tell somebody else's story so that they can tell it. Because I never, I never get to the end of it, ever. Uh, no matter how many times I try and say it. And, and, and it, it's terrible because everybody's like, What's, what, which terrible thing is she going to tell me? But it's, not, it's not that terrible. It's just, I just think, what, how awful for people that they're in that position and there seems to be no way out for them. I will, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write it. I'll write the story and I'll... Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah that um, would be great. It's a maybe short story, it's not that, but it's so... Impactful. Impactful, yeah. And, and just because people don't really understand what's happening to people when they're left with nowhere to turn, you know, mm. uh, and, and just how, how it affects their life. And, and anyway, I'll write the story. Because to me, it just actually tells so much about how people in prison feel. And this young boy, he's got so many mental health issues. He's, you know, he was totally, uh, oh, just neglected and everything that could have happened to a child happened to him, you know. Uh, and yet, here he is, nobody's listening to his story. It's just like, he's just left there. Mm. You know. Gosh. Well, that's actually quite interesting because I was just about to ask you about audiences and the audience's reaction, but kind of, you know, that girl's story there kind of uh -huh. just sums it up. But have you ever found that um, audience members or family members that have come to see uh, you know, any of the drama or any of the workshops have had an interesting reaction or feedback? Yeah. Well, don't, don't just ignore me if I start greeting, like, you know. I just, Feel free to stop at any point as well. My voice goes, you know. Uh, this, this, I, I tell this quite, quite a lot, this one, uh, not so much recently because it was a long time ago, but one of the girls that came, and this was, oh, 2004, say. Uh, now, she'd been in and out, in and out, psychiatric hospital for years. She'd attempted suicide three or four times and things. Uh, and she just was just kind of zombie-like when she was walking about. Uh, but anyway, she came. Uh, to the, the drama group and we were doing a Christmas show and she was one of the angels. We were all singing and dancing and stuff. She was one of the angels. And I'm going to take a deep breath here because that's about to get me. After the show, her mum came up and hugged me. She says, I, I just, she says, I've just, I've, eyes are, I'll take get the right ones here in a minute. She says, her dead eyes are now alive. Just as simple, her dead eyes are now alive. And that just blew me away. 
because that is exactly what she would like to play. But there she was singing all the, you know, all the Christmassy hymns and were all people playing guitars and stuff. And she was, she was happy and her eyes were alive. And that's what her mother saw, her dead eyes are alive. I think there is no medication that can do that. None. <laughs> God, that's, <laughs> you're getting me now as well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is so lovely, though. Oh. Right, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> no more. <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel like you've literally just covered off all the questions that I had, because the rest of them are my, about, um, you know, the successes that you've had and any goals and things. But, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of summed them up in two stories there. Um yeah. So some of these are a bit more kind of general, so hopefully not emotional just for, for a few more to give you a break. Um, why do you think it's important that, that mental health is covered in art and discussed in art? Because it's such a simple way to get a story across that people can understand. You're not giving them figures and facts and 70% of this and 3% of that. It's just there is, in front of you, there's a story played out and we can see, yeah, I'm loving that story. Most people in the audience can be like, yeah, I'm loving that story. Mm. You know? Uh, and, I mean, quite a few, because you know how you get people to say, uh, what they thought about taking part and... Did it help them and you know the usual stuff you've got to get written up and that is always something that people say no matter what it is, is a, you know play they're doing or what they're putting across is that they feel good about being able to tell other people and speak about mental health through the art because it's easier for them to speak about it uh, being able to you know, act out, because it doesn't necessarily need to be their story, it can be somebody else's story, but they're, they're, you know, uh, most people, we don't really ask people to do their own story. It's just, in general, a story, if they want to tell their story good enough, uh, but it's quite hard for people to tell their own story. Sometimes other people can see them and think, I'll wait about your story. <laughs> without actually saying I'm writing about your story. I do it quite often and I put everybody's story all into something or if I'm writing a, a script and take a wee bit of their story, a wee bit of their story and a wee bit of theirs and put it in and then you've got like all the different aspects that affects people's mental health and what affects their recovery really because that's what we're looking at. Why is it stopping you recovering? What can we do to help you to feel better? And I mean, recovery again uh, is, is something different for everybody. It doesn't mean to say you're going to be the same as you were five years ago, but none of us are the same as we were five years ago. It's like, how are you coping with life today? Is your life good enough that you think, I'm quite happy with my life? And I think that's what we can show through the arts that we, we can, in fact, be happy 
our life and do something that something we like and we're mixing and socialising and doing all the things that before maybe you did to do because you thought I'm not going to be accepted there or people, you know, people make fun of me or whatever people think is going to happen. And it's breaking down that stigma as well. And people can see, well, there you go. Uh, that's, how, that's how we help people uh, mm -hmm. to, to feel good. Yeah. With that then, like, the idea of stigma that you mentioned there, do you feel that stigma has changed? Do you feel that it's, you know, lessened or gotten increased over time in any way? I think it has to an extent. And I think quite often, Lessened or, sorry, lessened or I increased? Think, I think it's lessened a bit, just for the simple fact that people are more open to talking about it. At one time, people, well, we just didn't speak about mental health or any other, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it was just it was just considered. I remember one of the things that uh, one of the officers uh, in the prison had written when after you know when he was writing about what, what the the play had done for the guys and and different things. They said it was quite good for the the staff to see just what people could do. People that and they put it in you know like. But the people consider daft that they can see here we look what these people can do uh, and that, that was that whole kind of idea that people thought I was just stupid or whatever and it's it's so hard to, to actually be I'm not trying to criticize anybody but I know that in the hospital before when John was in the hospital and they had like wee classes uh, and I was there one day, just as an example, I was there one day when they were, and they just sh opened the door, shouted in the door. Uh, that class, well, what was it? What was it? Well, some kind of class. Uh, I think it was craft, craft classes on if anybody wanted to go and then shut the door and went away. That was it. That was them trying to get people to go. So that says to John, I just, why don't you go? He said, I don't want to go. I said, try it, go and see and see what like it is. You don't, you said, don't be rubbish. I said, but you don't know, you haven't been. Go and see what like it is. Uh, I said, I'll just sit here and wait. You come back, just go in and see. You come back about 15 minutes later with a, a string that you meant when you made in school, bits of things, and you made a string like this for hanging up. That's what they had made. And I just came back, went with a hat and just went out and put it in the bin. I thought, so I'd say to, to the psychiatrist, I said, why, I said, why are you treating people as if they're stupid? They have to lose their intelligence because they've got mental health issues. Why? But they didn't care. And to them. So that, you know, that they were just thinking, I'm not going to that, it's rubbish, I'm not stupid, I'm not doing that, I'm not nursery, you know. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing to say, let's use, let's get your imagination, let's get your creativity working here so that you feel part of something. And that's what was lacking. 
you know, that these things, but that was just why just the simplest possible because nobody could be bothered, I suppose. And do you think that like the cre creativity and arts, whether it be drama or crafts, like you're saying there, contributes to, you know, this is kind of a leading question, but like pride and self-worth? Oh, yeah, yeah, and confidence and, uh, well, without a doubt, yeah. And it, I mean, we've done, can I say, we've done thousands of projects and different places and schools and hospitals and uh, the community and everywhere. Literally thousands of projects and they always work. They always work. I've never ever had one that's not been successful. And I think, and we, we, we don't have loads of money. We don't get, you know, loads and loads. We do it in next to nothing, but we do it with people with them and it's their, it's their project, do you know what I mean? Mm. Right, here we go, we can do that, that, that opening is what you do. We've got all this we can offer. Uh, what's your story? What do you want to say? Do you want to sing? Do you want to make? So, and, and everybody is involved in uh, trying to make it happen. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I can't even remember the question. <laughs> No, it's good anyway, don't worry about that. <laughs> but then that that's kind of shows you then how effective they are if you're saying your workshops are always successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always, I'm always saying that everybody that comes, uh, it comes every week. And everybody. But most times, if, we're, you're doing, if you're doing a project, that you always get a really good result at the end no matter what the capabilities are of the people that's taking part. Because sometimes you go, you've got two or three people that are really good singers and really good guitar players and blah, blah. Other times you don't. Yeah, so people that they don't draw, they don't paint, they don't sing, they don't. But we get a, a really good, what, what do you want to do then? Do you know, where is your story? And, and they get the confidence to go up on stage and speak to the audience. So that, that's, that's what it is. It's no being a great big musical or whatever the case. It's that confidence to say, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my very best. And I'm, I've got all these pals that's all going to be on stage with me. And, and then they, 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 they get into me groups and you've got somebody that say, you fans are going to the pictures. And so they've got somebody to go or they're going short and they'll meet each other for a coffee. So it's a, out, a way out when this is me on, what are they doing? They've got all these other friends and then they can pass on to other things, you know, they can say, oh, well, see, the Citizen Theatre's doing something or whatever the case, maybe can go there. And then, because you've got the confidence then to go on to something else. So it is just building that whole confidence and self-worth. Uh, and... Uh, And they said, I want to, I want to do something. I can't, I can't, I'm trying to find the right word, but to actually get up in the morning and think, I want to go to that. I've got a purpose, that's the word I'm going mm. I've got a purpose, I'm going to get up and go. I'll tell you another, it was another good day, uh, just wee thing. Uh, and uh, there was a, a chap 
the uh, it used to come is is it was quite quite an elder and used to come and say how is his dead now he had a heart attack but he came for years and years and years but when he came at first he was always drank quite a lot and he was always untidy and blah blah and then when he was doing doing a show and he was up on stage and somebody had said to him my goodness you clean up well he says oh I always got washed and shaved when I'm going to theatre Nemo <laughs> <laughs> Things like that, isn't it? Mm. Uh, just give them that. And everybody else is looking good. I'm going to look as good as well. Uh, so, yeah. still got my tails. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. It's so nice to hear little things like that. Um, and so, when you're speaking about the Animo or even more generally just arts and, and mental health, how would you like it to kind of progress in the next five to ten years, or how do you even see it progressing in the next five to ten years? Uh, I've, I've, personally, I would love I would love somebody just to give me a theatre, <laughs> just to give me a theatre, and we can do all sorts of things. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, people could learn. Uh, they could learn sound, they could, uh, uh, you know, learn backstage. Uh, just, can you imagine all the wonderful things that yeah. you Because you could do all your art, it could be used for anything. Anyway, we've not got one. But what we had tried to do, and I've been, I've been talking about it since uh, 2013, uh, is uh, join the dots, that's what I was calling it. Uh, and what we're trying to do is get all the different organisations to come together, more or less the people that were on drugs, uh, that were homeless, uh, just coming out of prison, uh, mental health issues, the whole gambit of people that needed help because what's happening, still is happening, uh, somebody's got a mental health issue, okay, they deal with that mental health issue, or they don't, depending on if they're, they're drinking or if they've got drug issues or if they're homeless, sort of things. So, but it, everything needs to be supported at the one time. And not only the person, but with the family as well. If you've got a wife that's getting beat up or something, as you to just supporting her, you've got to go and see to the guy, well, what, what's your problem? Why? You know, need, need to try it. He's just fixing her up, sending her back, you know, going to do any good. And then the kids have got all mental health because they're living in this. So that's big, 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 uh, big issues that's going to be seen. Uh, so this is what we'll try to do. So I've worked on it for ages and we had quite a good board and everything. Uh, and Theatre Nemo was, was, and it's now, by the way, it's changed to Nemo Arts. It just changed that a couple of weeks ago. So that it's no like people just think it's theatre, it, it's Nemo Arts. Uh, so anyway, uh, we were just, I was wasting so much time trying to organise this. We weren't getting anywhere. Because people don't really, you know, they're all going to do their own thing. But anyway, uh, what we've got now is the Simon community. So this is really exciting. The Simon community has got a space, a big space. They're doing exactly the same as what we were going to do, or trying to do. So uh, we are going to 
we've just dismantled her. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Disbanded. Uh, join the door. So Hugh just put it out this morning and that's him written to the, uh, because we put it into the charity and as we get started, but uh, uh, you, you can't just stretch too far. If it's not working, it's not working. And then the Sammy community do it. They've got space. So we're going up, we're joining them and we'll be doing all the creative stuff while they do uh, all the kind of mental health stuff, the housing stuff. DWP were coming in, they've got people uh, coming in helping with the addiction. So that's the whole idea that they're going to have the whole the whole gambit of support. So that really looking forward to that. So hopefully in the next month or two that will, they've got the space and it's nearly finished, uh, ready to go into. But obviously this is going to keep it back for the uh, COVID stuff. So but uh, big enough that once we get started, we'll be able to social distance and just have a few people in at a time. So mm -hmm. that's, that's good. I'm really looking forward to that. And that, I think, what we need, because it's not just the arts. The arts is good. The arts is brilliant to help people. But they need, obviously, they need a house and need everything else as well. But with all that, if we also have the arts to, to support them, or during the week, you know, during the waking hours when they've got nothing to do, uh, that that would, I think, be a big, big, because there's loads, loads of other people that we've worked with over the years in, in prison and stuff have actually come off all their drugs and they're doing really well because they then thought, I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to be a better, I want my life to be better, and they then themselves decided to go to uh, counselling and stuff uh, and I think see, once they take that step herself and think right I don't want to work with this anymore uh, and and you know for years and they're all doing well uh, and keep myself well out of trouble and get nice families and everything so it's good. Mm. Makes it much easier for people if it's all in one place. Yeah yeah yeah. Mm. That's amazing. That sounds really exciting, actually. That sounds really cool to bring those two things together. Um, I'm just kind of having a wee look here, but I think you've actually pretty much touched on every point, which is uh, brilliant. Um, however, I, I do feel like we maybe jumped over a few things. I just want to make sure that there's nothing you feel that you, you want to kind of go back over on. So obviously we kind of spoke about where things began, and then we're, uh, we've got a good discussion about kind of uh, the hospitals and uh, projects and the different types of workshops that were done out with those environments as well. Um, but was there anything that's, that maybe happened, you know, kind of from about, well, you were kind of speaking about 2008 onwards that you feel is something that you would, you know, like to discuss more, like maybe when, when you got the studio and how, how that came about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were looking for uh, somewhere that would be like our own space so that we didn't need to take things because we do a lot of taiko drumming as well oh. and then big drums and tumping them about everywhere if you would. So we thought we really need a space. So uh, it's, we're just across the road for the Clutha, if you know where the Clutha is, and, the, 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 uh, 
that's where I, I used to be in quite a lot and open my nights and things. Uh, and this place was just lying empty for years and years that lay empty. And people, I not even gave up thought to tell you the truth because it was like a short front. But uh, people in the said, well, why don't you go and find out about that? So I looked and thought, that'd be quite just a handy space because you know, you've got all the buses and the trains and the subway are all quite quite near hand for people to get get into quite simply. So that's what we did. But it's a council property. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden, when we mentioned it, there was like, oh, well, these people after it, blind names for years, you know. <laughs> so we'd had to put in a bid. Mm. So anyway, we did. We put in a bid uh, and uh, we got it. It was a total dump. There was nothing. There was no heating. There was no phone. There was there was no kitchen as such. There was a sink, but that was it. Uh, the concrete floor. I tell a lie, the cheap, cheap carpet, you know, things, and it was Mankey Filted up to be lifted that, and I was just in Topia Concrete floor. So we did quite a good bit of kind of fundraising. I did uh, a sharp dive. I did something else. I did, somebody did something else. So anyway, we managed to gather £2,000 and we got a nice wooden floor put in. Now that would have been maybe 2005. Uh, uh, it must be in 2005, I think, we moved in. Uh, so we got a nice floor in, and then uh, one of my friends, she had a friend that was a kitchen fitter, so he brought us some bits and pieces of kitchen, well, not the best, but we got a kind of kitchen unit put up. Uh, and then the toilet was all broken, so we got a new toilet and sink. But we had to pay for all that, right? Uh, and what else happened? And was that, that, so, paying for that, was that all through your own fundraising or were you able uh, to apply for funds? No, we just, because it, you've got to wait for months, we just wanted to get it done, get in. so we just, uh, we just did all fundraising and stuff. Uh, and uh, so we're in, we're in there uh, for a while and I think we were, £6,000 a year, uh, and then up to £7,000 a year, and then up to £8,000 a year. I'm really quite annoyed that we've got to pay anything for this because we do all the social work things, people went to schools, supporting mental health. Uh, you know, we're doing all this work in prison, supporting people not coming out and causing trouble. I mean, we're saving the city council hundreds of thousands. <laughs> uh, we're going to pay the rent. And not only that, we've got to pay back on it. I don't get that, but anyway. Uh, so I'm not happy with that at all. I can <laughs> tell you. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you've kind of covered everything, Isabel, but is there anything that you feel that you want to discuss? Uh, there's quite a lot, actually, that much, much more that could be done to help and support people uh, within the arts and within, I mean, say, for instance, I don't know, say if we were going to do a show and we went to the council and we wanted to get a place for 
now you can do it all. Because of fortune. Mm. You know, even if it's through the week. And I think you've got all these people that really putting on a show, give them such a, a, a high, a wonderful, I mean, I say, this is better than any drugs that we've ever taken, this bus that we get up up there. Uh, but they're not interested in anything at all. Nothing. Mm. Unless you're a big. We've kept ourselves quite small because we, we don't want to lose touch with the with the people that we're working with, because you get too big, you lose, you, you lose, you just lose that whole socially, I know everybody by name, and I know where they came from, I know where they're going, I know what they've achieved, and even people are, are away and married and away living something else, they still keep in touch and stuff. And that, we want to keep that uh, sort of thing. So uh, we're, we're no big guy up there, we, you know, loads and loads and loads and loads of funding. We've got enough to keep us going, that's what we're interested in. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're not really quoted as such as, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get you. Uh, so even though we've had, I've never mentioned over, uh, what do you call these things you get? <laughs> uh, uh, awards over awards. Oh, yeah. Never mentioned what awards did I? No. Well, I think we've got about 14, 15, maybe 16 uh, awards for overworking prison hospitals. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And who, what kind of uh, bodies is it that gives you those awards? Uh, well, we've had quite a lot of uh, kind of, you know, ordinary things that you get, like the, the Daily Record Award and the Breaking Down Barriers Award for the Times and the uh, so, uh, Safety, the Police Safety Award. Uh, and I've had quite a few, like, uh, Pensioner Hero Awards. <laughs> uh, and then we would go the the Butler Trust Award, that's uh, for uh, working prisons, uh, and that's a big award, so we to go to London, go to Buckingham Palace for that one, mm. uh, and then we got another Art and something or other uh, award, and we to go to the House Awards for that one, uh, and then we got another one that we went to London, but we went the wrong day, so <laughs> we missed that one. Mm. Uh, and uh, that that was uh, 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 Humanities, I think it was award. That was in London. So it was actually the kind of mix up with people that sent us the information. We went the week before, uh, it was the next week. So we just I thought, I'm not spending money to go back again. I just got somebody that lived in London that I knew to go and collect it for us. Uh, so. Yeah, so most most of the awards have really been for sort of work, community work and were working prisons. Mm. Mm -hmm. And those awards don't then give a lot of funding or anything, they're just more recognition. Just recognition, yeah. Mm. Well for the for the <clears throat> we've got two thousand pound uh, for the 
the one we went to Buckingham Palace, the, the, uh, and we used that. A lot of people used the, because with lots of different characters. Uh, <laughs> so we, so, you know, people going to New York to see what to do about prisons in New York and stuff. And I thought, that's like, it's a different country. Yeah. We've got different problems. So I thought, what we did, we hired the, the Scottish Youth Theatre, uh, just right in, in Glasgow, you know, there. We hired that and we, uh, it was brilliant. I've, I've got all that written down as well. It's 2007 uh, and we invited, I think, every, uh, every head social worker, every uh, person that worked in the prison, well, every uh, governor and stuff that worked in the prisons all over uh, Scotland, uh, uh, okay, was brilliant. Uh, and we, what we did was we put on all the workshops that we did in the prison. Of course, was, how'd, you get, how'd you get this? I thought, right, here's all the, so that workshop would be there and there someplace, would be 10 or 15 went into that. Never did take a chance to do two. Uh, and all the different workshops, hat workshops, music workshops, uh, storytelling workshops, mm. uh, all there. Uh, and then we put on a performance and we had lots of different people coming and speaking. Uh, and uh, so that that was that was great. That was really, really good. So that's what we used the £2,000. But £2,000 obviously didn't cover it. Uh, but because we had to, it was a whole day thing, so we had to put in food. So uh, the the prison themselves they donated a thousand pound towards food to feed up get a little lunch and things. Uh, so that was good. That's so good. And that was just to get that was mainly kind of to show these people what the workshops could give participants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is, this is what happens. And it was funny because one of the things, we don't do it now, but one of the things we used to do, because uh, you can't get the wood now, well, you can get it, but it's not cheap. Uh, you get planks of wood, and uh, the girl that was doing it, we would do all the workshops, and then at the end, say you say you're doing 15 you know, weeks, 15 workshops, and then at the end, after they'd done all the performance or whatever they were doing, she came in and did this. Uh, just thinking about who you are, what you want to do, sort of mindfulness, I suppose, really. And then at the end of it, they all got a block, this block of wood, and they would write on it what they thought was keeping them back, what's keeping me back here. And they'd write two things, one on each side of it. And then after they'd all done it, they got up one by one and they chopped up, you know, uh, and the the funny thing was we did the same with, you know, the top people that's uh, got good jobs, <laughs> all the things were exactly the same, but they were saying that it held them back, was exactly the same as what all the prisoners were saying, mm. fear and failure and, you know, the different stuff. Uh, so that that was really quite interesting as well. Uh, so yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That sounds amazing. Sounds such a good way to use the two thousand pounds. Much better. Really good. People, in fact, I still meet people when I go to conferences that were that and went. That was a brilliant conference. Brilliant because everybody was moving about and mm. talking, and I was, I was so up, just upbeat. You yeah. know, we're all involved in actually uh, doing stuff. So. Mm. Brilliant. Uh, uh, and I, I can't think of anything else apart from we need more. We more. Need, we need more arts and uh, everything to do with creativity is what we, what we need. In mm. fact, see the very first, before I, uh, I think before we go, actually uh, funding for the lottery, I think, or it might have been just after it, but I think it was before it. One of, one of my friends' uh, son was doing a, a journalist thing at college. So he says, can I write a story uh, about it? See, and I said, that's fine. Uh, so he came and just like you'd interviewed us and the, the stuff. And this was at the very beginning. And just what I'm saying to you, it says, you know, what, what we're doing is we're crushing people's creativity and they've always been crushed, so they don't think I can do. Everybody that comes to see it anymore says, I'm, 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 I'm not really very creative, I can't really can't do anything. Everybody, <laughs> even people that can do stuff, mm. think I can't do anything, you know. Uh, and you think that's trained into you for your young. You know, you've either got to do it the way they want it, or it's, you know, it's not any use, you know. So uh, that was one of the things. But anyway, he then wrote this story about it. It was only a page or so. And he sent it into a magazine, which was Mental Health Something magazine in London. Uh, and then I got a phone call from them to say, could you come and see us? Now, we didn't have an office or anything then. I just had a room made up as an office in here. So off she came, she came here and uh, she asked us all about what it was we wanted to do and stuff. So they were the first, I'm sure they were the first to give us, uh, give us funding to work in hospitals. Uh, and that was just by him, you know, because they were uh, quite a famous, uh, uh, they gave us it twice, uh, funding, uh, quite a famous funder, but kind of the offhand, but uh, that, uh, that was just by him, because they were, they were quite interested in this whole idea, is their creativity being crushed, what is it you mean by that, you know? Uh, I think, well, my creativity was crushed when I was young, uh, it was, you know, you're good at that, you're good at that, you're good at that, but nobody cares, you know. I couldn't spell, so that didn't count. You can't spell, you're useless. <laughs> and that, kids are still growing up with that, the whole thing. Uh, so. Yeah. God, yeah, that is, that is so true, though, especially in school and things. They just don't have time to, to give mm -hmm. it the, the time that it needs. Yeah. Not totally. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, you've really, you've pretty much checked off every single question perfectly. Yeah. So that's been great. Um, uh, and, and just while it's on my mind. Oh, of course, on you go. 
Do you know what NEMO stands for? No, I don't. No. Okay, I know it's quite, but most people can annoy you because I always remember to tell them. NEMO is a Latin meaning no one. And that's the way all the people we were working with at the beginning, because we didn't have a name for it at the beginning, we just had started and then we were talking and it was what actually one of the one of the students that came and helped us at the beginning. Uh, you know, I would, I would explain, because we just used to rehearse in my living room with anywhere else to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, saying, so, but, you know, people just feel like no one, nobody knows their name. You go to the doctor, they don't know, you go to somebody else, which you need to tell your story over and over and over. Nobody knows your name. And says, well, why don't you call it Nemo? And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> So then he went on to say about Captain Nemo, that was because that, that he took that name, Captain Nemo, nobody knew his name, nobody knew who he was, you see. Uh, and then of course you get the wee fish, yeah. the name of fish. And if you if you see that, you'll remember that there was a two lots of eggs, you remember? Uh, and then, because that was called something and they were called something, and then, of course, Big Shark came and, you know, and there was only one left. And the dad didn't, you know, put, where is it? Where is it from? It, I, I haven't got a name for it. So that's how it was called Nemo. And it, the wee hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> God, that's amazing. That's such a great name, especially now, I mean, it's... Uh, obviously unusual it jumps out of you but then to know that story behind it is so like poignant it's lovely oh wow <laughs> learn something new every day <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a bit of editing to do there <laughs> <laughs> no no we'll definitely keep that in that's amazing um I was just going to say to you as well, Isabel, if there was anything else, I know you said you were going to try and type out that story if, if you did remember it, and that would be really brilliant. But if there was anything else that you wanted to nip back on and have another call with myself or another volunteer, then we can set that up. And uh -huh. if there's any stories that you want to put in uh, written form as well, feel free. Um, right. Because we're, we're happy to collect everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, other stories. So that that's great because I don't know if it's what you're looking for, but I'm just I just talk. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And, um, it is. It's just to collect, you know, people who yeah. who have worked in the arts and mental health, their experiences, and uh -huh. just to, sh to showcase it. So it's been brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Well, I appreciate well, it. A, a, a story. Well, it's my story. Mm -hmm. uh, Somewhere it was a Scottish Association of Mental Health had asked me to write maybe I don't know maybe 2005 or something round about then uh, of what it feels like to be uh, a parent, a carer uh, of somebody. As I had this, I, I locked myself in the room because I thought I, I don't know how to write this. Uh, but I just literally, as I'm speaking to you, as I was speaking to myself, and just whatever jumped into my head, I just wrote, because of thousands of things I could have wrote uh, about that whole eight years when John was ill and things that happened. And 
it, it just as things jumped into my head, I just wrote it. Uh, so it's not the best written thing in the world because I've never changed it because I thought that, that emotional and that was how I felt at that time. Uh, so I can send you that. It's not that, it's only three or four pages. Well, that would that be amazing. But it's just like that. I'm just speaking, no anything about the arts at all. I'm just speaking about what happened in the eight years. Mm. Some, you know, how people get into the, uh, that whole crisis, one crisis after another, and you just don't see, you just can't get out, out the bit, you know. And at that time, and I know for speaking to lots of other people, I wasn't alone at that time. The actual health service made everything worse absolutely made everything worse. I wish we'd never ever had a psychiatrist or nothing because it was absolutely horrendous. Uh, and speaking to other people at that time, they were all, you know, because I was up and down at the hospital here. It was in the hospital all the time. We'd been for six months to you, never three months to you. No, it was just, it was just horrendous. And everybody that I spoke to were in the same position. And I thought, is it not right? Mm. It's, just a, it's not right. Even the way they spoke, spoke to me, I was like, I was stupid as well. <laughs> I just dismissed, 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 dismissed. I thought, no, no, that, that's not right. It's not like that now. Well, no. it's people. But the people, obviously, now we're working with people that want us to be there. So they're nicer you know, and they get it. But there's still a lot of people don't get it, especially in the prison. I mean, what the hell are they doing? All these prisoners shouldn't be getting drama and blah, blah. Uh, and the same in some of the hospitals going, oh, you'll never make a difference to these people. They're <laughs> and you're Eureka working against it all the time. But there is a big change coming about, really, I must say. So it's wonderful to be a wee small part of that. Amazing. And so do you think that there's, like, over the time that you've kind of been involved in hospitals from your personal situation and then obviously now working, that the staff have put connections together? Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. And, and is that, know, sorry. The staff that we're working with are all staff that want us to be there anyway. Yeah, I mean they're they're the ones that's they quite often they look for funding to bring us in if we've not got any funding and they can go and get whatever it is I can't remember but they've got small points that they can bring to bring people in to do mm. uh, workshops. Uh, so yeah, but there is especially in the presence of a big change of how people people think they they all understand the whole aces and. Uh, and the trauma that people have been through and uh, how that affects the brain. So there's a lot of understanding now that people didn't understand before. And the fact that we have got this social media, it, it's all getting out to people and people are discussing it and, uh, and stuff. So, yeah, we're kind of getting there. But it seems sometimes as if we take three steps forward and five back sometimes, you know. Sometimes you go forward and forward and forward, it's great, and then somebody comes up and stops it. Well, we don't agree with that, we're not having it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 
They've just got it in person for you. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate You're it. Very well. And thanks for listening to my chatter. Of course, it was so interesting. It's so interesting to hear people's stories. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have a lovely evening. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.